So when I was a young captain, that's right, I was young. I'm looking at my bride right here. She's off camera. When I was a young captain going through the Infantry Officer Advanced Course in Fort Benning, Georgia, we had to, uh, small groups, and we had to do tons of mission planning, like six months of company-sized planning, you know, where you're planning missions for like a couple of hundred uh, people. And then we had to get into battalion and brigade planning that got much, much more complex, much more complicated, hundreds into thousands of people that you were planning to move around the battlefield. And I tell you, it was, it was like going for a, a master's degree. It was really advanced. It was really challenging. And it was mainly because I had this instructor named Major Blaine. Major Blaine, if you're out there, like I'm still looking for you. No, I'm, not, I'm kidding. This guy was actually a phenomenal instructor. He pushed us hard. He worked us late, but he taught me so much about uh, mission analysis and course of action development and this thing that we called intelligence preparation of the battle battlefield. And then it went on to be called intelligence preparation of the battle space, IPB. But what it really was, was intelligence preparation. It was, it was the work you do on the front end before a mission to really get to know the terrain, the climate, the enemy, the, the, all of the things around you in your battle space, right? That you needed to be familiar with at a micro level, all the way out to a macro level, and then back into a micro level. Because as Sun Tzu, the ancient Chinese philosopher says, know the enemy and know yourself, and you will never lose in a thousand battles, or something like that, pretty damn close. And he was absolutely right. The more we can understand our enemy, our competition, our client, all of those factors, the human terrain, and the, the, the domain by which, in which we operate in our arena, right? The more informed and the more accurate we can be when the stakes are high. And this whole notion of intelligence preparation, you know, I think about that, you know, we would spend months preparing to go into a place like Columbia when I was in Special Forces. We called it battle focus analysis, another term for it. But it was still just intelligence analysis. We would really lean in and we would study the terrain, the, the topography. We would study the political history, the media. We would study industry in that area. Again, from a macro to micro level, from bullseye approach, going wide to small, right? And we would work that over and over until we understood the environment that we were going into intimately. And we could operate and navigate in that complex environment. What if we did that in our businesses? Hmm? What would that look like? What if we put that level of work, what I like to say, what if we did that much homework before we did the legwork? If we had a high stakes engagement or a negotiation with a, with a, with a, with a third party that was interested in doing business with us or a client that wanted to add a new product or a nonprofit donor that we really want to cultivate. What if we put that kind of emphasis and energy into developing our understanding of the environment, the arena in which we would do that engagement? Can you imagine? I mean, I've seen a few civilian leaders who do that, not a lot. Since I've left the military, this is one of the rooftop rally point items that I really be believe could be brought over from battlefield to boardroom. I really do believe that intelligence preparation, intelligence preparation, knowing your arena, knowing your client is such an important thing to do, right? Uh, because if we know uh, our competition, if we know our client, if we know ourselves, 
then we could not be more relevant. Um, let me give you one example of how you could do this in your daily life, all right? So intelligence preparation as it comes to um, a new prospect that's interested in working with your organization, right? How much do you really know about them if you're gonna meet with them for lunch tomorrow? Are you gonna sit down with them at lunch and do what most people do? So where are you from, right? The savvy interpersonal leaders will Google them, right? And they'll do some work. But guys, gals, there's so much more we can do than that, right? There are tons of ways. There are all kinds of social media profiles. And without being all creepy, right, we can get out there and really develop a better understanding of this prospect that we're gonna meet with, right? What are their likes, dislikes? Where did they go to school? Are they married, not married? Do they have kids? What are their kids' names? What are their kids' ages? Where do their kids go to school, right? You, I'm telling you, you dig into this and what it allows you to do is it allows you to show up at that engagement much more informed about who they are as a person. You've taken the time to do the homework before the legwork. So now instead of asking some almost off-putting question like, so where are you from? You can actually ask thoughtful, open-ended questions like, hey, I don't hope you don't mind, but I did some just some, some background work on you before I came. I really wanted to know you better. And I noticed that your son plays lacrosse at uh, University of North Carolina. And that's amazing. I've never, we didn't have lacrosse when I was in high school. Um, what was that like, right? How, how did he get into lacrosse? What actually made him go that way? And dad will light up or mom will light up and they'll start telling you about their son, right? It's authentic, it's thoughtful. You're, 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 you're accelerating the speed of trust and you're speaking to their dreams. You're speaking to their heart. You're speaking to a connection point, right? A universal singular family that you know is gonna deepen the connection, accelerate trust, and posture you to better meet your goals and theirs. Isn't that why you're in the room in the first place? So where are you from? I mean, it's a waste of time in this day and age. Rooftop leaders are not gonna do that, right? So, so this rally point piece is about doing your intel preparation. Here's another little tip, right? If you're gonna speak to a client when it is time for you to speak and they've told you about themselves and you've done some backstory work and some active listening, before you go into your thing, you should always ask permission. Hey, you know, would it be all right if, if, I, if I just told you a little bit about our organization and what we do, and most importantly, how I think they could help meet your goals? Would that be okay, right? Ask that permission. You've done your homework. You've allowed them to talk. You've brought the emotional temperature down, as Stuart Diamond says. We ask the question or permission to make the connection, and then speak to their pain or speak to their dreams. Speak to their pain or speak to their dreams because we are all goal-oriented creatures. We are all driven by resource scarcity or the perception of it. And the more you understand the pain points, the things that keep them up at night and the things they dream about, the more relevant you will be in their life and in your goals and business. Because at the end of the day, leadership or at least rooftop leadership is about being the most relevant person in the room. Relevant, to address the pain and the dreams of the people you serve. And the only way to do that, boys and girls, is to do intel preparation before you go in, right? If you want to be free in the moment, free to wing it, as so many people say, irresponsibly, do your homework first 
know the person across from you, know the arena, know the environment, then you're free. Then you can make connections at the deepest level. Do your intel preparation, know your client, know your people, know your arena. I'll see you on the rooftop.